Hello ladies, if you are fed up, confused as hell, or just over all the drama around weight loss, you are in the right place. My name is Bonnie LaFrac and I am your host here at Unfuck Your Weight Loss, where I help you make weight loss easy, achievable, and even fun. Because what is more fun than becoming exactly who you want to be in the body you want to be in? Let's take the shame and bullshit out of dieting and weight loss and lose the weight for the last time. Ready? Let's go. Hey there, welcome back to Unfuck Your Weight Loss. I'm Bonnie LaFrag. Today I am answering the question, why don't women lose weight and lose it forever? That is the $64,000 question. That indeed is why I created this podcast, Unfuck Your Weight Loss. Like what is going on? If there's so many different diets and they all work, then what gives? It's not because you're fucked up, you're doing it wrong. It's something is fucked up. And I want to help unravel that with you. So a couple of things before I dive in, I have, I think, just six points to go over in the why women don't lose weight and lose it forever. I want to remind you that last week's podcast, I did say, was the most important one. I'm going to say this is the most important one, and that is the second most important one, right? Last week was really more about strategy, how to just automate eating. Like, let's get out of the food drama, the recipe drama, the Pinterest drama, that I need to make it sexy drama. And most of our meals are pretty much just repeats of the meals we've had before so that we can have enough energy, have enough calories, have enough protein, have enough muscle, and feel pretty good. That's what that is all about. This today is really going to talk about what's kind of under that. And I get it. If you do have a problem metabolically, if you do have a problem with emotional eating or stress eating, the best plan the best go-to meals are going to be hard to access. So I think if last week kind of was like, Matt, I don't see what she's talking about. I don't know how this is the best one. Then this is where I would focus is really looking metabolically. Where are you at? And from a mindset perspective, where are you at? Okay. Also, before I forget, maybe I'll mention it at the end. Next Monday, this is very, very, very important. Next Monday, October 16th, 2023, is the next round of the 14-Day Real Weight Loss Challenge. It is essentially like a mini version of self-made. It gives you the things you need to know and put into action all around metabolism and mindset. We have a great schedule all lined up, lots of guest speakers, lots of coaching. You don't have to be live to hear the coaching. I do believe you will only be able to access it though through our private Facebook group. I have not confirmed that we would be sending out all the replays via email. You will want to sign up before October 16th so we can make sure that we get you a packet that will be emailed to you and I will walk through all of the tools and uh, the tips that we're gonna go through. I'm gonna help you create your own go-to meals. Right. So if you have not listened to last week's podcast, it will be a nice a nice um, podcast to listen to for the Real Weight Loss Challenge. So don't forget to check it out. The link to sign up will be in the show notes. OK, I do not. I don't think that I would run it again before the end of the year. So it is a great time to work more closely with me. OK, because who wouldn't want to work more closely with me? OK, <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm laughing. Why don't women lose weight and lose it forever? Let's start at the beginning. I'm going to say there's something in the method that is flawed, right? The method, the diet, whatever diet that you might have been picked, that you might have been picked, I'm like, that you might have picked um, might have been unsustainable. Unsustainable diets that you cannot follow and hate aren't going to be something that you're going to do forever. When we, when I look at plans, diets, things like that, a lot of my clients have had experience, you know, eating fake foods, um, not having any tools introduced, you know, how do I eat in real life? How do I eat on vacation? How do I eat, you know, for being sick or in restaurants or work travel, right? Diets don't really, it's pretty much eat this and don't eat that. And it doesn't matter if you have to fly to Belgium. It doesn't matter if, you know, your dog has to go to the vet. It doesn't matter if you, you know, it doesn't matter what your real life is. Most diets are really going to be geared at providing fast weight loss and has us eating way too little food, okay? I'm going to give a, a quick little story, and I know I've mentioned, I, I'm pretty sure I have mentioned this interaction, but I had a new realization about it many years ago. I want to say 2011 or 2012, I had a client, and she had been one of the women who have completed a program at my gym. So we get to the end, and she's lost 20 pounds. And she says, okay, so now what? And I remember this like so clearly. She's looking at me. Now what? And I said, what do you mean? Now what? Well, now what do I do? Do you give me like a maintenance diet? I said, uh, I was like, no, well, what do you, we just keep doing this. <laughs> we do this. We do exactly what we have been doing to continue to lose weight. In my, and this is the realization I had. For me, I didn't look at the plan as a diet. I looked at the plan as lifestyle, as this is something I can continue, obviously 90% of the time, and the 10% of the other time would be birthday cake or vacations or what have you. But for the most part, this is how I eat every day. And this is not a problem. It's, you know, lots of quality protein and vegetables and all about, quote unquote, eating clean. So for me, it was very sustainable. But for other people, it might not have been. For other people, it might have been something that felt harder or required more brain power or, and I don't know specifically if she ever felt hungry or if she was using a lot of willpower to do this, if she was eating maybe less than I suggested and that obviously could happen. Um, and so that's the conversation I didn't have that I didn't have because I didn't really think about it in that way. I couldn't really understand why she'd be looking for something different. Why would you want to do something different? And then, you know, ultimately the conversation was, you know, maintenance looks like exactly what you did to lose the weight. And then maybe, you know, you color outside the lines a little bit. And that's where that's where things usually get off track, because if we don't have practice and we don't have coaching and we don't track anything, then we don't know what color outside the lines a little bit looks like. And it can and it can, you know, obviously go the opposite way where we go from a life of I'm either dieting or I'm not dieting. I'm either all in or all out. I don't know the middle ground at all. I have no experience in that. Most diets 
really do have us cutting out too much food. That's where, that's how you can lose two, three, four pounds a week. That's how you can get faster weight loss, especially, you know, and there's all different kinds of ways to do this. You could be cutting out whole food groups. You could be using a very small eating window. Intermittent fasting isn't a special diet. It's really just saying, hey, you're only going to eat one meal a day, or you're only going to eat in this four, six or eight hour window, or you're going to fast for 24 hours every other day. And that for me, that is unsustainable. That is, I don't want to be so hungry. Um, and it has us sort of, it has us ignoring our bodies and not listening to hunger signals. That's really what screws us up. So the method is flawed. If you're not keeping the weight off, it's because the way, the method in which you chose to lose the weight is not sustainable. Now, here's the thing. Good coaches, <clears throat> and I would consider myself a very good coach. I am known as a very good coach. A good coach recognizes and understands for their clients that 24-7, 365 days out of the year are not going to be all about the fat loss, all about, you know, changing the macros or lowering the calories or, you know, playing with the plan and trying to eat less and move more and all that stuff. There might be a time for that. There might be, you know, 30 days, 60 days, three months, four months, whatever. There might be a time period where that is the focus. And then other time periods are about building muscle or maintaining muscle or just maintaining in general, practicing living at a certain body composition or a certain weight. But when we continually... And I know it's very tempting to go back to diets, the same diets from before, the same diets where, you know, we did lose the weight fast. We're going to continue in a cycle that is going to be unsustainable. And in fact, what happens when we keep trying to go back to the well, so to speak, and go back to under eating and over exercising, our weight loss becomes slower and slower and slower, which brings me to number two, which is the most important part when you're really asking what's wrong with my metabolism, what has probably happened is what is supposed to happen. It's called metabolic adaptation. It's what our bodies are designed to do. When I talk all about how our bodies are not going to prioritize fat loss or loss of weight in general, it's because of adaptation. Our bodies don't want to give up the fuel, right? The fat cells, the fat stored. Our bodies are thinking we probably need that for a reason. And our bodies do get confused sometimes. Um, but it is because it's the inputs that we're giving our body send it down, you know, down these roads where if I'm constantly dieting or I'm constantly dieting and then binging or I'm constantly trying to do too much working out, I'm trying to do, you know, harder, better, faster, longer, all the workouts, my body is probably going to slow the, metabol the metabolism down. I'm going to also lose muscle mass. So reduced muscle mass and a slowing down of my metabolic rate, like a slower thyroid function, is going to have a big effect on me not continuing to lose weight. I'm going to hit a lot of plateaus or a plateau, like a place where I cannot break out of without dropping my calories even more significantly lower, which will just increase the problem, um, which will bring us to a place called 
imbalanced hormone island. No, I'm kidding. It's not called imbalanced hormone. It's just imbalanced hormones. And it can, you know, depending on who you are, how old you are, how long you've been dieting, right? There are a lot of factors. It's not the same outcome for every person. For some women, um, this might never happen. For some women, this happens, you know, rather quickly. It just sort of depends on the person. But when we have this, you know, sort of love affair with dieting and, you know, trying to, you know, eat as little as possible and move as much as possible and we end up burning up our muscle mass and we end up slowing down our thyroid function, we're going to have other issues. We're going to see this um, in cortisol and insulin and how those are climbing up, which will have us feeling very tired, having a lot of cravings. The imbalance in the cortisol and insulin will have us um, not really sleeping that well, will affect our sex hormones. Depending on your age, if you're a younger person and you still have a menstrual cycle, how this could turn up for you is that you will start missing periods or have irregular cycles. Um, For other women, this could send you into perimenopause or menopause a little bit earlier than you expected. For those of you who've heard of adrenal fatigue, and I know adrenal fatigue for some uh, some practitioners um, don't believe in adrenal fatigue, and some do. But adrenal fatigue is just a situation where your um, adrenals cannot re- recover, and you're going through these cycles of a extremely high cortisol, like a high stress response, and then the cortisol drops off. And so we get into a. This is where we talk about, you know, is it my metabolism? And a lot of women will feel like it's definitely my metabolism. And you're right. When we've been dieting for 10, 20, 30, 40 or more years, um, we're going, there's, there's a ramification. And every time we go back to a very low calorie diet or a lot of exercise or you know anything that is extreme, it's going to have an effect on us. When we reduce our muscle mass, when we gain weight back, we don't gain the muscle back. So we end up usually fatter, like literally have a higher body fat composition than we started with, or that we're constantly losing and gaining the same weight. And really there's no change in body composition. Our body fat isn't actually going down and we're just losing muscle mass. We don't want that, right? If you want to lose weight and keep it off, part of that is preserving muscle mass and trying to keep your hormones balanced. We're not going to overcome metabolic adaptation, right? We're not going to over we're not going to trick our bodies. There's no there's no special workout that tricks your body that gives it that what whatever, muscle confusion or whatever. Your body's smart. Your body's here for the long run. It wants to stay alive. It will adapt to whatever you do. And that's why, you know, doing these monotonous, you know, cardio sessions or the same workout over and over, or if you're, you know, you're not going to lift any heavier weights, your body is not going to give you a new result. So it isn't about trying to be sneaky or trick your body, but it is about being smarter, right? They say work smarter, not harder. It's just smarter to go at weight loss in a way that you can live your life. That, and even if it's not sexy, and even if it's slow, or even if it's not, if it's just not fast, right? I have a saying, 
it goes like this. Slow weight loss is still weight loss. And it is. Slow weight loss is still weight loss. Baby steps are still steps. And I think that's part of the unfucking of your weight loss is that mindset shift, which of course, when we have a lot of things going on with our metabolism, we're probably also going to have a lot of things going on with our mindset, some of which are caused by hormones, right? If you do have a lot of hormonal imbalances, you might find that you have a real increase in cravings. It does go hand in hand that you feel like you're constantly hungry, you're constantly tired, you have no energy, um, you crave salt, you crave sugar, you crave fatty foods, right? You could crave all these different things that you didn't before. Um, you could also just, you know, be stressed out all the time. And emotional eating and stress eating will have you, obviously, over consuming calories. Sometimes emotional eating isn't necessarily, it's not, you know, it could be separate from your metabolism. It could just be that is the way you handle, you know, feelings, whether it is just feeling bored or feeling lonely or feeling tired or feeling like I deserve a treat or feeling ignored or resentful. It is a way also, you know, people use food and alcohol to buffer, right? Just for anything. Just, I don't want to sit down and answer emails. I don't want to open my mail. I don't want to have a difficult conversation. I don't want to do any work. I don't want to mow the lawn. I, you know, I'm just going to flip around on my phone. I'm going to watch TikTok and eat. Also, there's, you know, we do live in a world of processed foods, you know, what I call hyper palatable foods, foods that are very easy to eat and very easy to over consume. And it is very much a situation that we can find ourselves just over desiring food. We over desire food because obviously it tastes good. We could over desire food because our hormones are out of whack. We could over desire food because we don't necessarily have the awareness or understanding that it is our thoughts and feelings driving us to eat and what to do with it instead. And the more we have these obviously urges and cravings and temptations and that we give into them, the more we feed the desire, the over desire for food, the more over desire we experience. So the more urges I have and I indulge, the more those urges keep coming back because it is the hit of dopamine I get when I eat the Oreos, when I eat the chips, when I eat the crackers, when I open the wine. It feels good. My brain likes it. That's natural. That's how our brains are built is to seek the reward. And I think I've used this analogy before, but it is sort of this idea of, of like feeding a stray cat. It's, well, I like cats, but it's if I had a stray cat and I kept putting food out, it's going to keep coming back for more food. If I stop putting food out, the cat's not going to keep coming back. The cat's going to move on to another house. And that's kind of what happens when we have a lot of these urges and cravings for food and we keep indulging them, right? Every time I think I should get up and get the Oreos or I saw a commercial for food or everybody else is eating or I'm really bored or I'm really tired. I think I'll get some food. I, I want this. I want that. I can't stop thinking about it. That sounds really good. The more I indulge that, in other words, the more I feed the craving, the more it's going to come back and it's going to come back harder because I'm not going to get the same amount of dopamine hit 
that I did before. One cookie was good. Now I need three. Now I need six. Now I need the whole sleeve. Now I need the whole box. Now there is no amount of cookies that scratches that itch. And that is not necessarily, and when I say mindset, that's emotional eating. That is a framework that's being work that's developing in our brains on how I deal with my life, how I deal with the nighttime, how I deal with stress, how I deal with silence, how I deal with just my life. That's just what becomes my norm. And so I don't want to say somebody has a bad mindset. Here's the good news. I truly believe we have the ability to change. We have the ability to, you know, have that new mindset. Our brains have this thing called plasticity, right? It's not a, you're not born with one brain or you go to the store and you buy just a brain. You you bought brain number 622. And unfortunately, that's a flawed model, right? You needed brain number 720 if you wanted to have no urges and no cravings and no desires for foods that didn't serve your purpose. It's normal, to desire things that taste good. It's normal to desire things that feel good. It's That's part of being human, is you're going to have desires. It's just what are we going to do with them? And the more we feed the desire, the more it comes back. It's like fanning the flames of desire. And this is the intersection of metabolism and mindset. This is the work that diets don't have you doing. This is the, These are all the missing pieces. It's easy just to say, okay, don't eat any carbs. Or, you know, don't eat any, you know, X, Y, Z, P, D, K, it doesn't matter. This list versus that list. This isn't about, if you want to lose weight and keep it off forever, it's not because there are certain foods that you can and cannot eat. It really is about making sure you are priming your metabolism. You are honoring your metabolism. You're taking care of your metabolism. You are listening to your body. You are eating when you're hungry and you are stopping when you've had enough. That is very helpful to your metabolism. If we really have to undereat and, you know, really muscle our way through and willpower our way through and hold on for dear life to get through a diet, that's not going to work. It's going, it's going to backfire on us. And it has. Probably you're like me. You have gained and lost the same 20 or 30 pounds over and over and over. Um, So after emotional eating and stress eating, you know, you'll see other things pop up too. The all or nothing thinking, perfectionism, you know, a lot of, you know, sort of diet brain and food drama and trying to overcome, well, this is how I used to do it, or I can't eat those foods or carbs don't agree with me. And to some extent, you know, maybe that is true. One of the things that I see metabolically too um, is gut issues. And some of this is brought on, you know, with thyroid issues. Um, Some of this is just brought on by, um, you know, not listening to our bodies or just gut bacteria that, you know, isn't isn't working for you. Right. We could have a lot of, um, you know, these issues that are affecting our metabolism. And it and it really is. I'm not saying that everybody, you know, everybody should eat pasta and everybody should eat uh, bread and everybody should eat, you know, Twinkies and Oreos and ding dong. You have to figure out what it is that works for you and what it is that does not. I have plenty of clients who do have food sensitivities, who do have gut issues, who do have celiac or any other kind of autoimmune and foods that they do not eat. That is definitely part of solving 
why don't women lose weight and lose it forever is the, we haven't figured out what is going on metabolically. What is going on with your gut or what is going on uh, with some of the foods that you're eating? Are some of these things just not working for you? And that is totally normal. Um, It might be temporary or it might be sort of a long-term thing. Some people actually do, once they really hone in on their own hunger, they do figure out what foods make them feel good and what foods may not feel, feel good, right? So the all or nothing thinking really comes down to, oh my gosh, I messed up. I didn't follow my plan perfectly. I you know, wasn't able to get that salad with chicken. So instead I said, screw it. And I had pizza, right? That's, it's the, you know, I have to do everything just right or it's not going to work. Obviously that's not going to work long-term. We're always going to be in situations where we might have to have a plan B. We might have to punt. We might have to be flexible. And that's really where, you know, Flexible eating, talk about being flexible, flexible eating isn't eat whatever that I see. It's really about how can I make a variety of different things actually work for me? How can I plan ahead as much as possible? Am I having a protein vegetable kind of meal? Am I looking for a salad? Am I looking, you know, or is it that I am planning out pizza and wine with my friends? That's really the flexibility. When we talk about all or nothing thinking, perfectionism, um, we're also going to run into just sort of the habit eating, unawareness, around eating, mindless eating. And those also factor in. When I think about um, helping someone lose weight and keep it off, it isn't just about, hey, here's a perfect plan. Hey, here's the right calories or the macros or, you know, eat like this or plan like this or make sure there's always protein. At the end of the day, we do have to understand and get awareness around what is going on. Am I being triggered by something? Have I just been completely unaware that every time I walk through the door at the end of the day, I'm going right to the refrigerator? Am I mindlessly eating throughout the day? That's something to really think about because some of the habit eating, the unaware, the mindless eating are licks, bites, taste, calories that are unaccounted for. And we can often think, oh, well, I'm doing all the right things. I'm following my plan. I'm doing it. I don't understand why I'm not losing weight, except we're not taking full responsibility and accountability over the little things, the bites, right? The the handful of this, the, I, you know, I went back for seconds or I, you know, ate while I made dinner. Those are the kinds of things that you do want to get a handle on. Doesn't mean that you can't have a snack. It doesn't mean that, you know, crackers are bad for you. It just means that if we're not, if we're unaware of what we're doing or we're not really recording or taking, you know, taking an assessment of all the different ways that we're using food or not using food, we are going to run into a problem with our weight loss. And, you know, I'm not a person, you know, I've used macros, I've used calorie counters, obviously I've used food journals. For my clients, what does work really well is just a simple note, a simple notebook. Because unless you're going to want to weigh and measure your food for a lifetime, I don't really see the need for weighing and measuring, you know, taking a food scale with you everywhere if you're really going to track macros. So 
If you're wondering why don't women lose weight and lose it forever, it is the combination of how we went about weight loss, our expectation of how it was going to be, that we would be able to lose weight and just keep it off. However, when we really look at all of the different ways we you know, attempted to lose weight, what parts of it were not sustainable for you? What parts of it were about your mindset? Where did you see you know, some of your thoughts and beliefs that might have been holding you back? Are you somebody who is eating emotionally, eating for stress? Are you using food to, to, you know, avoid something else? Buffering is what I would call it, right? Instead of tackling the to-do list or doing the laundry or making the phone call, are you eating? Do you have over-desiring of food? Do you have these cravings, urges, and temptations around food? And is it metabolic or is it habitual? And that's that's the work we do inside of self-made, but the good news is that you can start working on it right now inside the 14-day Real Weight Loss Challenge. It is called the Real Weight Loss Challenge because we are doing real eating for sustainable weight loss. Yeah, it has the word challenge, but we're not, you know, this isn't a race. I'm not gamifying it with, hey, I'm going to give $1,000 to the person who loses weight the fastest. You're not sending me your weights. We're not publicizing the weights. If you actually lose weight, I think it would be great and we should celebrate it. Um, I'm not against using the scale, uh, but we're not. Go- this isn't a, a scale challenge. This is all about how do I make eating easy for my weight loss? And then we're going to coach on all things metabolism, hormones, and mindset. I hope you will join me in the 14-day weight loss challenge. If you do not, I hope you find something useful inside this podcast that you can take action on. If you are not already in my free group, I have a Facebook group. It is free for women, food, fitness, fat loss for real life. Come join me there. Thank you so much for spending time with me here on the podcast, and I will see you again soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey there, if you like what you've been hearing and you're ready to take a practical approach to long-term weight loss, why not book a free strategy call with me? We can discuss where you are now, your goals, ultimately how you want to look and feel in your body and in your life. And of course, it's going to be lots of fun. It's you, it's me, it's us together. All right, you know what to do. Thank you so much for tuning in to Unfuck Your Weight Loss. The next step, of course, is to take action on something we discussed because implementation beats information all day long. If you enjoyed this podcast, thank you for being here and please leave a review wherever you tune in for all of your podcasts. Please be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Looking forward to dropping all the F-bombs with you next week. Have a good one.